dividing public opinion. Are they empowering? And setting the rugby agenda. Do not forget where your history South Africa is. The enemy's desire is to try and erase it. Welcome, you're with The Room Dividers. Setting the agenda. Our people need to be included. Factual. Are there any black CEOs? Calculating. Am I on? Loud and clear. <laughs> hey, you normally close the tabs, right? Transformation leaders. Have they been transformed? Statisticians. Are they assisting in transformation in this country? Robust debaters. Transformation, what, what? Fearless. These guys will actually make the Springbok stronger. And most importantly, they are the room dividers. Give the man, give the man a chance. Give the man a chance. All right, going to be catching up with a, a very, very great uh, player right now. And, and I guess those who know English better than I do will tell you that this man possesses uh, deft hands. Uh, he has athleticism. Uh, he's got a reliable option at line-out, as well as having the ability to throw the audacious offload in the tightest of situations. Now, he's also described as humble, respectful, and a loving young man who's had a passion for rugby. A talented loose forward with uh, tons and tons of potential. Also attended Gray on a scholarship, simply like our Springbok captain, Usia Kulisi. Uh, was also snapped up from uh, Victoria Park Primary School. And also given the opportunity to further his talent in an environment uh, that encouraged growth. Hmm. What am I speaking about? I'm speaking about Junior Poge, Pogomel of the Cheetahs. Oh, Ndate Pogomela, good evening. All right, I'll get to Junior in a second. Let me uh, quickly welcome on the line Ashfaq Mohammed. We haven't spoken to him since uh, he got VIP tickets to go to Japan. Uh, he's the digital <laughs> sports editor, independent media. Ashfaq, how on earth are you, sir? Good evening. Hi, my brother. Good evening, Rob. Yeah, I feel like a world champion. I brought down the trophy with Ushia. And you've become untouchable ever since, man. Oh, yeah. hey, you've become too famous for us. Oh, yeah. Uh, I hope so. I'm trying to get up to your level, Prarok. <laughs> one day is one day. That is an unpopular level. Trust me, you'll be getting fired <laughs> all over the place. We want we want you to maintain a sense of normality. All right. Uh, we're going to be having Junior uh, coming on the line pretty soon. Uh, but le- le- let me quickly squeeze in here because uh, I'm sure it's also been something you've been following quite closely. Uh, the appointment of the technical team. Uh, we've also heard about the new coach, uh, Coach Ninaba, uh, who's been part of Rusty Rasmus's backroom staff uh, since Erasmus joined the Springboks uh, back in 2018. Is this an appointment that you were expecting? Yes, it was expected, uh, Rob. You know, uh, Jacques Ninaba's walked a long road with Rusty Rasmus from the days in the in the bad old army days. Uh, uh, you know, in the early 90s. And even after that, once I got together in the rugby side at the uh, University of the Free State, um, we, Inabo was the physiotherapist and, and uh, Rashi was the captain. So they've walked a long road over 20 years now, you know, so it was no surprise at all. But also with Inabo, I mean, he's worked long uh, at the Stormers, uh, went, with, uh, went to Ireland with Rashi, and then also came back 
uh, the coach of Springboks with Rossi uh, over the last few years. And they won the World Cup together. So, yeah, that was expected because of Rossi and Isha Rugby for the first time really uh, trying to get some continuity in the Springboks setup. You know, we've seen in the past Springbok coaches uh, being let go after four years in charge and then the new coach comes in and tries to do everything brand new style and sometimes it doesn't work out. So with the World Cup victory now, it was felt that with Rossi still being director of rugby and effectively still in charge, uh, you know, just to have Inaba, he's sort of right-hand man as the new head coach. All right, so I'm going to come back to that discussion in a second. Let's uh, lock that one down, Ashfaq. Um, yeah. I want to quickly bring in Junior Upogomela uh, into our discussion here. I know that he's got to quickly dash, but we'll continue uh, our chat with Ashfaq. And Ashfaq can be part of this conversation as well with Junior. Junior, thank you so much indeed for joining us. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? I'm very good. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. A bit Straight from training. Yes, yes. I've uh, got a long day today. How was the session? No, uh, it's not too bad. It was a Tuesday and Thursday, and I'm your tough days. But, um, yeah, it's been good, so I can't complain. All right. And when you talk about looking forward to a, you know, a, a brand new season and some of the, you know, the hallmarks of what will make or shape what the cheetahs are, are going to be like. What's the what's the word there, training? What's what's coach looking out for? Uh, what are the short-term goals, if we can put it that way? Obviously, um, we obviously we set the goals from the start of the season to try and make the playoffs again. As last season didn't go according to plan. Um, obviously, our main goal now is to get the victory against the Kings before going to. Um, obviously, last week, out of nail-biting game, wanted it at the end. But um, this week we're trying to rectify those mistakes and we're going to get in the five points against the Kings this weekend. Obviously, our main goal for the season is just to get the playoffs and then we'll take it from there. There's always been a feeling again, Junior, that uh, underachievement has been what the cheaters have seen. I don't know if you agree with that sentiment. I mean, you guys are hugely, hugely talented. When you look at it from an individual player perspective, you should be reaching far more greater heights than you have. Yes, um, obviously last season was um, after the Pro 14 last season, obviously heading to the Curry Cup. And obviously everything went well, won the Curry Cup, and we went straight off to Pro 14 immediately after that. Mm. And we won the first three games against teams that were never beaten in this competition. Obviously, and then we went and took a dip. And then we obviously won our last game against the Ospies in, I think in December and November, late November. Yeah, it's been a, obviously, it's been an up and down season. But we're still on the right path. We're sitting on third in the log. And we're still, we're still a long way to go in the season. And we're looking forward to it. And, and I think a lot of people would have, uh, you know, seen you uh, pretty happy in Port Elizabeth back then. Uh, and then there was this big decision that you had to make uh, to leave the province uh, and to go and play your rugby in Bloemfontein. How hard a decision was that initially? Uh, obviously, the Ipikins were facing um, a bit of financial battles back then. Mm. And obviously, sorry took over. And I had already Duncan that moved to the Cheers and he was keen on finding me. And things weren't clear at that time. So I decided to make the move and, and it actually paid off. But I, I love PE and I always love PE, but I'm, I'm enjoying my time with the Free State and everything has been going well. And, and certainly has. Ashfaq, if I bring you into this quick chat yeah. that we're having with Junior, um, 
you know, I, I, I kind of looked at the kind of competition that was always there, you know, especially with uh, good loose forwards that were the cheaters. They were never really in short supply. And, and for him to have gone there and say, you know, I'll take the competition head on, that would have been a brave decision as well on his side. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, uh, Junior is a, a wonderful player, Rob. And I've watched him since his junior days. In fact, uh, at the under 20, he was first vice captain and then captain in that uh, last match uh, at the World Championships 2016. And he's a wonderful number eight that time. So I also want to ask Junior about his move to sort of, he's played a lot of uh, uh, flank as well for the cheaters uh, because I know him as a number eight, as you said, with the ball skills and a big ball carrier as well. But but just a change to flank, Junior, how's that gone for you? And, and are you still uh, looking at number eight? Yes, obviously, I'm still looking at number eight. Um, well, I'm enjoying it, Frank. And the coach has actually... I'm playing seven. Obviously, I'm in lineup option. Uh-huh. But I'm still doing the eight, number eight role. So that's not quite a bit of a difference. But um, obviously, like... <laughs> um, I just want to be in the field and just carry on playing and doing well for the team. It doesn't matter what number that's on my back, as long as I can contribute to the team. And obviously, get to play the type of game plan that I want to play. But um, the 8-7 is not much of a difference. Obviously, it depends what team you're actually playing for. But uh, yeah, the cheaters, um, all loose words, um, they're supposed to have all the set of skills. So it doesn't really affect me that much. And, I mean, w- w- again, and, and I'm glad that Sashfak mentioned that, when, when you look at your growth, and we were talking as a prelude to this about uh, being at Gray, you know, the, the leadership, the scholarship, everything that you, uh, you you got over there, you know, going in a similar line to what we've seen with Sia Kolisi, uh, also being in the SA Under-20 squad uh, for the 2016 Junior World Championship as well. You know, for you, I know it's a team sport, but you've also got personal goals. We've seen the World Cup. Ashfaq was there in Japan. What about Junior? What are you seeing yourself and challenging yourself more towards? Um, at the moment, um, to be quite honest, I'm just um, working on just being on the team sheet week in, week out, and growing my game week in, week out. Obviously, we're in the Pro 14, we're playing as top side, and obviously we've had a battle of winning when we were overseas. We've struggled that side. Obviously, we get to beat the teams in South Africa, but our, our main plan is to beat them overseas as well. Um, obviously, everyone wants to be a Bok. I'm not going to lie to you. Everyone wants to be a Bok, and the Bok just won the whole cup. That obviously, they have an amazing team. They still have a lot of guys that can still be eligible to play for the Bok this year and next year. So, obviously, my future goal is to become a spin Bok, but at the moment, it's just being in the team week in, week out, and just growing my game and just getting the experience that I need. Yeah, I mean, it was a great debut uh, when you played as well back in 2017 uh, with the Super Rugby squad. And, and I think that memory will always live with you, but it's about the bigger ambition. And, and, and quite the, I don't know if we call it irony again, Junior, but it, it's also something that you hold quite closely and dearly to your heart is that of education, is that of studies, is how you managing to balance out, especially in this year, this calendar year, uh, your pursuit of the Bachelors of Business Administration? Yes, obviously, it's been tough. Um, I studied in NMA for a bit. I finished my first year and then obviously I had to move over to the Chiefs. I, tried, I, I enrolled in UNISA and that was a bit of a struggle. Obviously, the competition changed from Super Rugby to Pro 14 and I couldn't write my UNISA exams and I realized that it wasn't gonna really going to work out. So um, I'm studying through this business school called um, Southern Business School.
Mm. And they've been really kind to me. They've been really helping me. Because I still put in the work and the effort that they try and organize with that when I'm abroad to write exams, you know, get a venue and write an exam. So things have been going well in my studies. And I can't really complain, but it's, it's a bit of a challenge at the start. But now things have gotten to shape up very well. All right. Um, let me leave the final question to you, Ashfaq. Yeah, uh, Jenny, I just wanted to ask, uh, in terms of Springbok ambitions, Rob mentioned that, I just hope that with uh, Jacques Nienaber now there is a, as, a, as a head coach and Rasi is a director, that Rasi will have a bit more time to look at the Pro 14 players as well, at, at the Cheetahs and Kings. Uh, you know, apart from yourself, you, you're a wonderful talent. Also, Joseph Dweba, who's been brilliant for the Cheetahs over the last few years. And I know Oxen Che has now moved to the Sharks, but he also became a Springbok at the Cheetahs. So, uh, yeah, have, have, uh, have you heard uh, in terms of the coaches from Rassi or Jacques at all, or is that something that you guys are discussing? Um, not really. It hasn't been really discussed. Um, they were here last year, I think mid-last year, and they came to visit the union, um, all the Springboard coaches. Obviously, they mentioned um, their goals and their plans with the, with the union as of the Chiefs. So, obviously, um, as I said to you, um, I can't be looking um, ahead of myself. At the moment, I'm just trying to contribute as much as I can to the team. If it comes, um, obviously, I'll take it with both hands. It'll be a really, really big achievement. But yeah, as I said, um, I'm just contributing to my team at the moment. Hmm. This weekend against the Kings. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be tough. Close one last week. Close one. <laughs> yeah, very close one, actually. <laughs> Oh, crazy stuff, Junior. Well, we, we, we've got our, our eye on, on your talent and certainly as somebody uh, who was seen as a, a young, brilliant rugby player, we just wanted to wish you well and, um, you know, chat about you, put you out there uh, so that uh, as a player who really, you know, in, in my eyes, and we'll chat further when you when you offer uh, about Jacques Nineveh as well as his plans around the Springboks, is that uh, we, we, we should be seeing you in those colours, Junior. But we just wanted to wish you the best of luck for the season. Uh, everything of the best and keep up the good work, man. Oh, thank you so much, Gav. I really appreciate it. All right. So that's uh, Junior Pocomela there. Um, as we say, whew, I mean, so much talent uh, that is there uh, at his disposal. And, and, and the great thing is that he's, he's worked with somebody like Umzwandi Lestek. He's worked with Abo Piwe and Nomlomo as well. Uh, obviously, with Umzwandi Lestek, he continues his job uh, within the Springboks again. Ashfaq. Yes, yes, Rob. And I hope Junior becomes a senior soon. I had to throw that one in there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, good to see uh, Stokololo, our friend there, still part of the Smeewak management. I mean, he had a massive role to play in Japan, I can tell you, bro, Rob. And Rasi really appreciated his work with someone like uh, Umakazoli Mapimpi, brilliant under the eyeball, lethal with ball in hand. Sabuin Kosi, we saw some of his skills when he got a chance. Jason Colby, unbelievable at the World Cup, scoring a try in the final. Lukanyo Am, with his peripheral vision, his silky touches, all of those. You know, that's a lot of that credit must go to Nzondili Stick for what he brings. Mm. Just a different set of eyes, you know, just a different way of looking at things with his Stevens background. All right. Just quickly moving away from Stick and Jones, uh, you know, two individuals that we know quite well. There's also uh, two new other appointments within the box. Uh, uh, backroom staff, uh, Dion Davids uh, being appointed as the forwards coach and Don Human as well being the uh, the Bulls a scrum 
coach as well. They've been named as well as a a, cons, a consultant, uh, is what I was told uh, when that announcement was made. What do you make of them? What can we expect from their input? Yeah, you know, uh, Dion Davis spent quite a bit of time last year uh, with the Springboks, uh, just sort of observing and seeing how Rassi and, and Jacques and Matt Perak at that time was now gone to England how they operate, you know, and how they do things. But Dion Davis is a very experienced coach, Rob. He's been around a long time in the franchise and provincial setup in South Africa, coaching Borland, the Lions, you know, Southern Kings now most recently. He's been a head coach, assistant coach, and a real forwards expert. So I think he can also build on, on that uh, formidable pack who were brilliant at the World Cup, you know, with Matt Bradford moving on. But also with Rashi still being there, sort of they will stick to that blueprint, you know, and, and just hope Dion can bring something different there. But Dan Iman, he did well at the Bulls last year, played a big part in Teva and Akani's resurgence yes. and, and, and return to the Springbok squad, you know, and a lot of that is down to Dan Iman uh, at the Bulls there. So uh, Dan will still continue with the Bulls, but also, as you say, the consultant of the Springboks, uh, with Matt Proudfoot now joining England. Uh, there was vacancy there in terms of the scumming consultant. So hopefully Dan can bring that, what he did with uh, Trevor at the Bulls, also into the Streamox scrum. Is there anything about the structure, though, Ashfaq, that you look at and worries you? Was there anything that really sprung to mind? The announcement was made, the names were put down. What, what stood out for you? What did you question? Yeah, of course, uh, the major question mark is Jacques Ninabas uh, having no record as a head coach. And to his credit, I must say, he admitted that. And he said he's going to feel the pressure and that it's a risk not only for him, but for Isha Rugby as well. You know, because he also could have turned it down and said, I'm very happy in my job as a defense coach. He's a brilliant defense coach. He's been so successful. And he could have continued uh, on that route. But to take on this challenge is a massive challenge. We know what happened to almost perfectly sane people when they become swimmer coach suddenly it's just a pressure it's hectic there you know but he will have his his boss from a long time now Rassi there who will still be calling the shots largely you know Rassi sort of wants to just steer clear of being like the public face of the team but I think on the training field and, and, and in the change room and, and tactics wise Rassi still going to be calling the shots but but Jock uh, will bring his energy and commitment. Uh, you know, he's very vocal uh, on the training field as well. Is that good, though? I, I know that it's it's a behind-the-scenes role, but it's an it's a role that is more of an enforcer type of role. Does it allow Jacques Nidaba a little bit of flexibility uh, to give his imprint as well as his footprint in saying that, OK, fine, this is what has been laid down by Rassi Rasmus? But does he have any leeway to to move things? Are we going the New Zealand route here, Ashfaq, where we have a certain way, a certain structure, and we're going to aim for that? I think it's a bit of both, Rob, uh, because obviously they won the World Cup, so they're going to feel that that is the way forward. But uh, I must say that both Rush and Jacques, after that World Cup, you know, we sat with him at the team hotel that night in Yoka, uh, in, in Tokyo after they won the final. And they understand that they will have to move forward in 2020. You know, you can't just stick with the forwards. They have a great defense and that's enough. It may have been enough in 2019, but I can tell you the All Blacks will come with something else in 2020. They are hurting after losing out on the World Cup. So, uh, and Jacques has spoken about the need to create more uh, attacking style of play, you know, uh, be more uh, forceful, bring the wings. I mean, if you have guys like Mapimpe and Colby out wide, you need to make more use of them. 
you know, and I think that is the evolution of this Bok team and something that Ninaba has pointed out. He knows he's a defense guru, but he has to sharpen up the attack as well. All right, just very quickly, it's been something that we've been very strong about here on this show, and we saw one of the most transformed Springbok team go on to win the Rugby World Cup. Would there be any issues or doubt or a dropping of the ball when it comes to the continuation of this whole trend of a transformed Springbok team? I would certainly hope not, um, you know, because I think uh, the example was a World Cup. You know, guys like Bongi and Banambi, Akzolima Pimpi, Lukanyo, I'm getting these opportunities and showing that they can do it, you know. So why can't the likes of a Junior Pokomela, for instance, come through as well in 2020? Oxen Che, Joseph Dweba, the list goes on. You know, they are there, they're waiting for the opportunity. Some guys have retired, others are still in Europe. So so maybe there's chance for some South African youngsters who are playing in Super Rugby and Pro 14 to come through as well. And they're certainly aware of the bigger picture, um, you know, and, and, and people like you and me and our Baratando, we will remind them all the time. They know the bigger picture is there and must continue to transform South African sport and rugby. Please don't dodge us, Ashfaq. It's just only us, as humble as can be. Uh, do avail yourself. We love your input. We value it undoubtedly. And thank you for hearing your voice for the first time in 2020, my friend. And stay strong. Great work that you did in Japan, by the way. And uh, look forward to more conversations here on The Room Dividers. Thank you, brother. It's a pleasure, Thank you so much indeed. Digital sports editor, independent media, Ashfaq Mohammed, uh, joining us. You can follow him as well on social media. Great, great input as well as interaction as well as information. Okay, we're going to switch tack now. This is where we bring radio history. Hey, two radio stations moving on from half past seven onwards. Uh, but we get to sit around. A quick indaba here. Umbuti in the middle. Jalo. And Swagim uh, <laughs> We have to unleash the beasts. Oh yes. On Metro with as well as on Radio Two Thousand with Just Ice. Just Ice brings his own headphones. Uh, thinks they are Louis Vuitton <laughs> headphones. <laughs> he does want to use our common uh, mattresses here at the public broadcaster. Um, Aya. This apology, I didn't expect it. Next thing, Patrice Mutsipi saying, I apologize for what I, I said to Trump. But Dom Dala, you know when you the national breadwinner. Yeah. You know, you don't have to apologize, man. Huh? National breadwinner. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what people are saying. They're saying Dada uh, Mutsipi is the national breadwinner. And uh, I guess on that basis, he, you know, uh, can speak on uh, all of our uh, behalf. And uh, it seems it came across here saying, you know, hey, this is the reason why I ended up saying to Donald Trump, that the continent loves him because it seems there's this perception in the U.S. among uh, the political and business classes there uh, that many African countries, uh, particularly South Africa, has this anti-American sentiment. Uh, and I guess from where I'm sitting, I understand his explanation. But mm. you're not like a national breadwinner. Sometimes I couldn't need. He's apologizing on his birthday. Is it his birthday today? It's his birthday today. Of course, yeah. If, if you look at social media trends right now, sundowns are top trending. Not because sundowns have won the league. It's because they are sending happy birthday messages to oh, their yes. president. Oh, yes. You know, oh, remember, yes. he's also got that gig. I, um, I, so, I bet they we apologize about, right? Justice? Would. You would would you apologize <laughs> for Hooty <laughs> White? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Mr. Mutsipa didn't know the mic was on. 
Yeah. Oh, that ah. one. <laughs> but but just ice, did you, you see, see how Mr. Mutsepo was looking and, at Trump? Uh, Admiration. He was trying to capture Trump with hmm? flattery, and it worked. He was capturing him. He was capturing without Zondo. <laughs> <laughs> but but then he how, he, I, he didn't he didn't use he, SAA though. Getting what three point five billion? Hey, it's a lifeline. It's a lifeline. For how long though? Look, I mean, but Robert, the, the banks have already yeah, put no. in some skin, right? So <laughs> yeah. the banks have already put money down and uh, it seems Treasury looked uh, to see what they could sell. They couldn't sell anything quick enough and I think they knocked on Enoch Kodongwana's door because remember, Enoch Kodongwana is the chair yes. of the DBSA. So one would assume that uh, I think at the NEC Lukhutla, some of these things were discussed and uh, they said, you know, Comrade Enoch Mamela, man. Uh, maybe when now you need to raise some of this money in the interim. Uh, but I, I must say, yeah, Robert, nowhere near a solution. I think uh, they don't use jet fuel. They probably use paper money to, you know, for in the plane. You stuff it in there and it becomes... <laughs> becomes fuel. It becomes fuel. So there's a converter. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they, what, it burns cash. <laughs> oh, <laughs> is that how worthless the cash has become? <laughs> <laughs> no, SAA burns cash. <laughs> so, hmm? yeah, does it, does, not using jet fuel. So you probably print the cash, mm -hmm. stuff it in the uh, so what's the tank sound? in the tank, and then as it flies, it's burning the cash. And what kind of sound does it make? Does it say doo doo, <laughs> doo doo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, comrade. You are delinquent. Oh, <laughs> you are a delinquent director of this show. Because <laughs> they choose not delinquents. <laughs> oh, but when you're starting an engine, how does it go? But now you, hey, you, you can't be flashing your... No, I mean, <laughs> and, and the car goes... But then musically. Ah, musically, my friend. Toto! Toto. Now, Toto takes that back, uh, gentlemen, to 1982. Yes. Here's something interesting in 1982 about South Africa. Mm. Swaziland. Yeah came to South Africa and said, listen, there's certain parts of South Africa that belong to Swaziland. We want it. Hey, and hmm? in 1982, the South African government said, yeah, take it. Yeah. They gave them a chunk of uh, Mbomalanga. I suppose I see. The whole oh. uh, part of a homeland called Kangwan yes. was given to uh, Swaziland. Yeah. So it became part of Swaziland. Wow. Now, uh, this include also parts of KZN, northern KZN. Right. And this is where a problem came up. Ingo's Butele said, no, 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 no. <laughs> because the deal was done. The South African government in 1982 had agreed yes. to give a chunk of South Africa to Swaziland. Mm -hmm. To say, yeah, this legitimately belongs to you. Uh, yeah, when the borders were done, sorry, we, we took that. Ingo's Butele went to court Aye. and said, it includes part of the homeland that I administer, Kwazulu. I ain't taking none of that. And he won in court. And it didn't go through. And it didn't go through. <laughs> so which is why today, Swaziland is sitting without certain parts that the old South African government gave it to them. That was 1982. Ah, when Toto came out with that song, Africa. By the way, when ah. they released it, they have never been to Africa. Ah, we don't need hey, my ah, we don't need <laughs> So it's like the UB40 story. I don't know, somebody told me the one time that... Uh, UB40, they were talking about the fact that they would still love to come to SA. But somebody said, no, but they've been here. They said, no, the guys don't remember.